Good morning, champion. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, it was like a dramatic like pause. Hi. <laughs> Good to have you here, my brother. How you? How you been? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm living. I'm alive, and I'm uh, constantly between mindsets of being freaked out and emotionally stable. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that sounds like healthy, um, creative. I don't know. Um, what's the word for disorganized and organized at the same time? Uh, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Creatively fucked up. No, but I don't think that's that's think, a bit too they, dramatic. No, what yeah. do they call it? Um, uh, organized chaos. Organized uh, chaos. Yeah, an organized mess. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, full circles all around. Um, it's a beautiful day in Cape Town. Um, yeah, quite 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 hot. Intensely hot. Um, I mean, it is the warmest month of the year, February. Yeah, don't ask me. I'm not a weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's hot outside. Wow. That, uh, tell me you're from Joburg without telling me you're from Joburg. <laughs> That's what Dan did right there. Um, yeah, let's take it back to the beginning, my brother. Um, I, I really think the softer landing for me to, to start off is, um, I don't know, the pivot from Joburg to Cape Town um, in your previous career path, which was um, auditing. Um, yeah. I want to ask you, how did that auditing, how did that auditing background inform the decisions you make now in your current business? Yeah, so um, I guess very much so. And I learned a lot about the um, finance in my previous career. Uh, uh, career as an auditor and my studies where I qualified as a chartered accountant. Um, yeah, I think it, it definitely informs every single decision that I make um, and it's given me a really good foundation for business and um, the business side of things um, because I think a lot of us people who consider ourselves to be creative dreamers like to just do the dreamy creative stuff. And um, I guess it's really important to just um, skill up and number up where possible. And um, yeah, so it's definitely been uh, foundational and, and um, very influential um, part of my career and how it's influenced my career in the fashion industry amazing yeah. amazing and after graduating from varsity you essentially moved to the city of cape town um, um, no so no. so i um i graduated at um i studied at wits then uh, for my undergrad i did my postgrad in uh, uh, accounting honors at unisa and then i um did my first two years of articles at Ernst & Young in their Johannesburg office. And um, I got a transfer to the Cape Town office for the final year of my articles in 2015. And that's when I moved to Cape Town. And I got the move, um, I was pushing for the move and trying to get the transfer so that I could be closer to my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. We had been dating for five years. And... Um, 
she had been living in Johannesburg on and off um, because she was running her clothing factory, which is now our clothing factory. Um, she was running that while um, trying to keep our relationship alive, and I couldn't get the transfer to Cape Town at the time, and she made the sacrifice to spend six weeks in Joburg, six weeks in um, Cape Town, in order to try and make the love work. And um, it worked, because we're now married with two <laughs> beautiful children. Amazingly <laughs> and we live in so. Cape Town. Oh my goodness, yeah. flowers, eternal flowers to Paige. Um, still on that, um, on, on the in the essence of like the early days. Um, and then you eventually moved to Cape Town and you work here in Lower Long Street. And during your lunch, lunch breaks, you catch pockets at Max Bagels where you're always surrounded with good conversation, beautiful people, um, made good friends with um, the, 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 the owners of the spot. Um, what was that atmosphere like? What was Cape Town feeling like for you as an an audience, an audience member, or like someone visiting that was okay. You weren't visiting; you were living here, but your mm. your stay was quite premature and in its infancy, as opposed to the first time you came down. Was it 2010? Um, look, I'd been I'd been to Cape Town many times. Over yeah, for sure, the, for sure. The years, but 2010 um, is when you met your wife. 2010 is when yeah. I met her at so a bar. <laughs> 16th of January, 2010, uh, FIFA World Cup year. Beautiful time. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, to, to answer your question, the um, uh, it was actually, um, uh, I, I feel like I left Johannesburg around the time when creative culture in Johannesburg was peaking or was maybe nearing the end, the, the last like two or three years of its peak. So from about 2010, uh, I would say maybe like 2000, uh, 2010 to 2015, 16, Joburg's um, inner city um, downtown culture in specifically Bramfontein and Maboneng was on fire. And um, I used to spend three or four nights out there a week at places like Great Dane, Kitchener's, um, the living room. There was a place that my friend um, Warren Bokwe opened called Poolside in Maboneng as well. There was a good gallery culture in those areas. Father Coffee used to be in Bramfontein. It's now gone. There was the neighbor goods market there as well across the road from Kitchener's. The Alexander Theater was a place we used to party at, which was just up the road and around the corner. Um, Kalashnikov Gallery was um, there, and I think in the first few years of its business too, and... Yeah, when I left Joburg, uh, I left um, a lot of uh, I left a lot of good people and good conversations and good culture behind, and I moved to Cape Town, which at the time, in my opinion, wasn't as exciting as um, Joburg from a how do I say it? Uh, I guess like a um, uh, Joburg was just bubbling and buzzing and especially in our industry i think a lot was happening a lot of eyes were focused on the city sadly i think in the last few years um that um has possibly been i think cape town has maybe that the scales have maybe tilted and not to compare the two and i don't think it's a competition because i think that is a silly thing to do we're all part of the same 
nation and same country and we all um, work in the same industry and I don't think that um, but but I'm just I'm just saying what I what I think it is and um, you probably know a bit better than me um, because you've been going to Joburg quite a bit recently but it sounds like you're very in love with the place in any case which is, makes me very happy to hear because I am very in love with the place and I'll always have a soft spot for Johannesburg and I'll always seek out um, opportunities for um, uh, beautiful moments in Johannesburg and that's kind of what you have to do there anyway and it's always been the case with Joburg is you've got to you've got to work for the good time and for the good um, conversation and you've got to get an expensive Uber across the city to get from one place to that another. is so true that is so true yeah and, um, yeah I guess that it's a very spread out place mm. Um and there's lots of different things happening in different pockets of the city, but those pockets are very far apart. Far apart. And I guess that's where um, why you have to work hard for those good times. 100%. Yeah. So, so, in, so in the ecosystem of coming here in Cape Town and seeing what the space was like here, how, how, how much was it of a culture shock for you to realize that there wasn't a lot bubbling as opposed to how it was back home? Well, look, I think there was quite a bit of good stuff going down. Um, uh, uh, Smith and Abrams were um, had a store in Woodstock, which later became Corner Store, and is now a coffee shop, and is actually around the corner from our new factory, uh, on the same block or two or three blocks, I suppose. And um, that was a really like um, amazing place to have when I moved to the city, a place of like street and fashion culture. Um, uh, there was a store in Clue Street, uh, which was really good. They were my first stockers. Shout out Dario and Terence. Flowers. And um, what other stores were there? I don't know if there was really much else, but there, there was definitely um, a good nightlife over here. Um, but it just wasn't as good as Josie. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thoroughly. Um what then inspired your first, one of your first brainchilds, Me and Plus One, that you started with your, your oh, partner? So it's actually was called Me Plus Me, One. Me Plus One, yeah. But I'm glad that you pronounced it incorrectly because that was one of the reasons that I shut down the brand was because no one could pronounce it correctly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got very tired of the name. Gotcha. But um, yeah, I guess um, the name behind the brand was actually stolen from a, um, a track title from a, a band called Kasabian, who I don't really listen to <laughs> the, the music anymore. Is that back in your jockish days? Yeah. <laughs> it was like jock rock and roll, bro. Gotcha. But then, um, yeah, uh, uh, so we stole it from a track, uh, but the, the idea behind the brand was that it was, it was a collaborative brand it was um, supposed to be our um, work paired with another collaborating party. So I guess it was, it was all in the name. Um, the philosophy behind the brand was in the name of the brand. And um, yeah, I guess I, I um, have always felt that, um, looking back, I always feel like I wanted to, um, now that I'm doing fashion design, I always wanted to do it, but I never said it or expressed it mm. or was maybe given a platform or even thought that it was possible. So I guess in many ways, um, I believe that meeting Paige, my wife, was destiny. And um, I joke that 
um, it's not a joke, it's serious, but when I was younger and my mom used to buy the U magazine, I used to go... I used to go to the back of the magazine as soon as she brought it home and see what the celebrities were wearing on the runway because that was always on the last the page. Last page, yeah. And um, it would say what outfits they were wearing. And I just used to kind of obsess over that. I also used to collect a lot of swing tags. Like whenever I got a, uh, my parents bought me a piece of clothing, I used to save the swing tags and put them in my drawer. And um, my mom came to do like a clean up in my room one day and she was like why are you hoarding all these Sweet swing tags, tags? <laughs> what, what are these <laughs> labels for and I was uh, I was like I don't know mm. she's like I'm th- don't let's throw them away I was like no don't mm. throw them away I need them <laughs> and I still collect swing tags now obviously I use them as references for future swing tags that we'll use for our businesses and inspiration to um, you know make our own ones but um, uh, yeah so so me Plus One was a brand that we started, um, that Paige helped me start and helped me manufacture. And it was really just a side project while I was studying and then late, um, a couple of years later while I was still doing my articles. The, the, um, uh, it, it was, it was I, at the time I thought it was the next big thing. But it, looking back I realized that it was a stepping stone to what I'm doing now and a very meaningful learning um, curve. And um, it was, yeah, I guess looking back, it, it's a, it's a, it was the vehicle that I used to make friends in the industry mm. and to form connections and to some of those friends on our family mm. and like literally like... Mm. Um, Godparents of my children mm. and um, shout out Chris and Yana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> with 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 the birth of your first brand, which obviously was the vehicle to uh, maintain and make new friendships and relationships, and that led to the inception of Good Good Good. And you often referred to as the T-shirt specialist of South Africa. Can you explain what? How important is, you have so many iconic collaborations that I want to touch on where t-shirts are concerned. How long did it take for you to actually master the craft of making a good t-shirt? I'm wearing one by now if you're listening. Uh, yeah, so, so <laughs> just to, um, I'm not a master yet. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you always, for that. Yeah. Always Love. trying to improve. And in fact, this T-shirt that you're wearing now, we had a long conversation about it at our factory yesterday. But something happened in the last year and a half where the neckline of this raglan T-shirt just started getting weirdly loose. And it's, it's, it's supposed to hug the neck very closely. That's the design of the T. If you go and see the original picture of Jan mm. Horowitz wearing the T-shirt on our, mm. on our website... It's a close-fitting T-shirt. Mm. The ne- it's a close-fitting neckline on mm. this T-shirt. And I started seeing that these necklines were too big through ones that I was wearing and testing at the factory. I also got a bit of feedback from some friends who were buying them. My assistant, Erin, shout out Erin, holding it down forever. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but she... <laughs> she, um, she mentioned that she saw a friend who bought some at our sale and that the necklines were a little bit um, wonky. And for the last month, because we realized this in like uh, November, December last year, for the last month, um, we've been refining and repairing the 
technical uh, elements of of this t-shirt so that the neckline can get back to its glory days when yeah. we first made it. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I took a picture yesterday, but it's we fixed it. We solved the solution. Mm. It's hugging the neck very tightly. Amazing. And what what came out of it is we actually and I guess this this is this is um I hope this answers your question mm. and you might need to remind me what the question is because I've got a lot to say about mm. this topic in any case. But um I said to Aaron uh, uh, and to Ziad, who were with me when I tried on this, um, uh, I guess, this new T-shirt yesterday, this new Raglan, or improved Raglan, I said to them that anyone who's bought a Raglan from us at full price in the last two years, because that's, that's when I think this Raglan has lost its shape, mm. um, if they can prove to us that they show us a bank statement or a credit card transaction where they paid full price for it so it wasn't bought on the on sale, sale which is like you know a lot of our um flawed or reject t-shirts go for a real steal at our sales and um uh but 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 the reason that i'm that i'm saying that is if you paid 600 rand for that t-shirt and you can prove it to us um or if you've bought it online and you can show us your receipt then we will give Anyone who's bought a raglan from us in the last two years, and then and you've got to show us that the neckline is fucking out yeah, as well. Yeah. We'll give you your t-shirt for fifty percent discount. Your next raglan t-shirt that you buy, amazing. And um, we're going to make a little piece of content around it. And the actual um, uh, the reason I want to do this is to show that, as you say, like you were calling me the t-shirt master just yeah. now, but I I I, I uh, want to show myself mm. and then show my customers that sometimes we get it wrong and sometimes we um we make mistakes with things that we i've been making t-shirts for 13 years now but even um uh, that there's always room for improvement and that we're going to be honest about it and we're we're going to um sacrifice um three to four hundred rand in order to um, honor the customers who have spent money with us but didn't get the product that we believe they should have got for that money. And, yeah, I can't give... Uh, if I could, I would give the T-shirt for free. Mm. I still think they got a good T-shirt mm. <laughs> at the end mm. of the day. It's just the neck. But, but, mm. but at the end of the day, the neckline is one of the most important mm. parts of the T-shirt. I mean, the whole T-shirt itself is important, but it's a key focal area of the T-shirt. It's a part that you see when you're looking into someone's eyes. It's um, it's And it's also... Um, yeah, I guess for the wearer as well, you want it to look good. You don't want it to do what it's doing on you, on you right now. Amazing. And mm. um, that's why I gifted this one to you. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, so um, sorry, what was the question? Um, was it about... T I think I stopped you when you said T-shirt master or something. Um, like no, I was, I was... You were definitely on the correct trajectory um i was just um i want i just wanted you to touch on the science of making a good tea and you obviously expanded on like the realities that you face as someone who's been making t-shirts for 13 years but also succumb to honest um mistakes um or design areas or we have to solve problems um it took you two years to find out what the problem was and that's yeah, that's the realist explanation you could have you could have given. Um, why is collaboration so important, and where do you think your collaboration nature stem from? Um, from the teas that you've made 
some were food included some were musically included like there were so many um I don't know emblems of collaboration from like so many iconic t-shirts that you've made in the past four six years um where do you think that um, energy stemmed from and looking back what was the most memorable like collaboration in your opinion good question man hard hard question (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm gonna talk for the next 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) we know we know (laughs) it's funny erin my assistant she said to me We've got to, we want to have a meeting after this. And she's like, what time do you think you're going to be done? So she was like, oh, wait, it's you and Batandwa. I'll make the meeting for three hours after the start time. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. But, um, uh, so, yeah, I guess um, just going back to Me Plus One, because the nature of that brand was a collaborative brand and we were actively seeking collaborations with other brands, it was um, built into um, my 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 way of doing business in the fashion industry started with a collaborative um, mindset, and um, I took that forward into my journey with Good 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 when we eventually shut Me Plus One down, but. Um, an important thing for me with Good 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 in the beginning was to stand on our own, to be ourselves without any collaborations whatsoever. So it was important to us for the first collection at least and for the first few collections to do it without with, without, it, um, without the collaboration as the crutch on which our, the foundation of our whole brand was built. And so we did do a few, we've always been collaborating throughout the beginning, um, uh, uh, since the beginning of Good Good Good's journey. But um, throughout um, that journey, we've always had more of our standalone product and our standalone collection, which didn't necessarily rely on another artist or restaurant or party um, to make make it relevant or, um, I guess, uh, enticing. And but but with that said, every even our standalone stuff requires collaboration, whether it's with a textile mill or a um, even uh, I guess suppliers or whatever it may be. You could even say the collections that we do at have done at Menswear Week, that's a collaboration with Menswear Week because we're collaborating with them to put on a show, and in many ways they helped us make that happen. Um, so. Yeah, to answer the—that's uh, to answer like um, oh, and one more thing to answer that question about where the collaborative mindset comes from. Um, I think at a uh, at a bit more of a deeper and personal level, I was seeking collaboration because I was trying to connect with people and to um, meet new people and move away from my um, beginnings uh, as a jock and a Manchester United fan. (laughs) (laughs) What an era. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, and then then with regards to um, collaborations, some of my favourite collaborations or how how and why we collaborate with certain brands, um, I think... um, 
Yeah, I've got many favorites. Uh, I'll touch on as many as as I possibly can uh, at the moment uh, without hopefully. Okay, I'm, give us three. I'm going to leave some big ones okay. out. Give us three. Um, three key ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I get, okay, I got to say the first the first fashion collaboration that we did on a runway show at a runway show, which was my first runway show, first proper fashion collection that I did. I collaborated with. Um, a guy who I never knew before, and I just reached out to him in the same way I would reach out to people in my old Joburg days. Um, his name is David Britz. He's a fine artist, and uh, I don't know, he's many things, David. I don't even want to box him in, but he's a sculptor. He's a, he's a man of action, and he's a very talented artist. And I saw his artworks actually at the Hazard Gallery in Johannesburg, um, and I saw this beautiful all-over print design that was inspired by his grandfather's history as one of South Africa's best snake showmen. And I just looked at it and thought, I've got to print that onto pants and shirt and turn it into a twin set. And contacted him via his email address on his website. He, I think he responded that day. We met for a coffee and a toasty around the corner from his old studio in Kloof Street at uh, Molten Toffee. And we just hit it off. And um, I think it was a very, it still is a very powerful garment or look. And it's something that I'm still very proud of. It's something that we still haven't actually made available for commercial sale. We've never really sold those, um, those products. Uh, and I think we still will. It's seven years later, and I still joke to Dave that like we're going to make the money from that product one day. <laughs> but it put us on the map, and I think when those looks went out onto the runway at SMN's where we, um, people saw something that they maybe hadn't seen on South African runways before. Um, not to say that people hadn't done all over printed garments and twin sets like that, but they maybe hadn't seen it a print as striking as that. It was black and white, um, and it's it was just really, really beautiful and powerful. And um, yeah, I guess what's why why it's one of my favorites, and it's the first one I talk about, is because it was the first, but it also um, sparked what became um, one of my favorite friendships. Is and. Um, yeah, I think it, it it got us on our feet as a fashion brand in um, in in South Africa, along along with the other products that were showcased at that runway show. Um, then number two, um, I mean, I don't know if it's number two, but the April Fools' collection that I did with Willie Balls and Faux Pas, who are baselines in our skate brand. Um, that for me was, um, it was one of the, the, it's one of my favorite collaborations because it is a true story about mine and Will's journey as um, collaborators, him modeling for me in two of my runway shows. Um, okay, we fluffed it, we put a bit of fluff on the story because... Um, Will's April a great Fools. actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and what's what's the saying? Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Definitely. But um, 
But most of that's 95% of that story is 100% true. He fell on the runway uh, on a Segway at my show. He At the first show, he walked out and he smoked out the photographers. <laughs> and then we produced two really amazing video pieces of content, which we sat on those um, uh, clips of content from the show where he fell for two years. Mm. Um, we're just waiting for the right moment to release this mm. thing and then and how to release it and find the right collaborators. Mm. And Lazola Gola ended up directing both films. The one film was the skate film where Jan put stuffed a pillow in his um, in his t shirt. He wore a wig that looked like Willie's hair and it was a knockoff of um, what's the name of that famous skate video with Owen Wilson? I think it's called Hell Yeah or something like that. Adrian Day will know because he directed the film. But um, what I love about that collaboration is that we took real moments in the brand's history and we turned it into another moment in the brand's history. We um, made it really... Um, uh, we made really funny pieces of content that were shared hundreds of times and the videos were viewed thousands of times, I think more than 15,000 times, without any sponsorship whatsoever. Um, and then what I really love about it is that we went crazy with the, with the products that we offered for this collection. So you could wrap your car with the all-over prints of Will's face. There was a cardboard life-size standout a, sta a standee, it's called, a cardboard cutout of wool. You could buy it on the website. It's still on the website. You can request it if you really want to. Um, to wrap your car is 25 grand, by the way. Then we made incense burners with this thing. We made... Um, what else did we make? This year we make we making something else with that same <laughs> mold from the incense burner. We're just going to carry on carry this thing. Carry on, yeah. But... Um, uh, I guess it was, so it was a three-way collaboration between Good Good Good, Faux Pas, and Willy Balls. Willy Balls, yeah. Um, but if I think about the number of hands that went into making that collaboration come alive and the clothing on that, um, the, the all-over prints of his face on garments come alive, it was, um, I don't know, like just, just the, probably like 50 different pairs of hands and minds that went yeah. into all of that. Amazing. And... Um, I guess it, uh, why I love um, talking about this as one of my favorite collaborations is because it was a moment in our brand's history where we just did whatever we wanted to do and it was completely authentic and we moved past being just a clothing brand into a lifestyle brand offering um, different products the same way that Stussy or Neighborhood make an ashtray mm. or... A, a rug mm. or for sale mm. as well mm. Mm. like we made that we put that stuff up for sale and mm. people bought it we made pencil cases for the mm. for the covid April masks COVID mm. mask. yeah we um yeah so um so that's number two mm. i love looking at that PS2 over there with <laughs> the memories, the memory cards uh, above the remote. You know, it's like a, a safe reminder to keep track of your thoughts. Save your game, save your save place your in the game. Save what a time. Um, and then number three, um, let me think about this. 
I, I, um, I guess, you know what, um, two months after my first collection, I did a, um, oh, in that first collection when we did the runway show and David Britz was one of our, was our, one of our collaborators in the runway show, the first item that I put out on that runway was a, a t-shirt. So it was a model wearing a pair of wide leg trousers that we had made. He was wearing a hoochie that I want to bring back. I actually saw... Joskin wearing one of those the other day for one of our old hoochies and I was like shit I need to bring that hat back it's good thank you for reminding, reminding me yeah. yeah and um and this guy went down in a t-shirt um and I um but the it had the prince from my friend Yana Haman which um she drew and then I designed the t-shirt uh, it was a Valentine's Day inspired t-shirt collection called the Broken Hearts Club and um, the show, uh, Menswear Week, was on like the 5th of February or something like that. And I said, um, I decided that I wanted to put this T-shirt out on the runway, but then I wanted to release it nine days later on, on Valentine's Day for the 14th of February. And um, I guess why it's significant to me is because uh, I, made, I made a decision then that we're we would open every show going forward. The first look would be a model wearing a T-shirt. Um, it would be a. It would always have a significant print on it. And um, a few days later, I shot a lookbook with Carl David Jones. Um, at like five o'clock in the morning, he wanted to get good light. He's also mm. one of these cowboys who only shoots on film mm. <laughs> when he when he has to. Mm. And um, he had all these ideas about what light and film and all the stuff. We shot it in the Greenpoint Park. Kimberly Davidson was one of the models. Inga Somdiala was the other model. Uh, Yui Wanida um, was the hair and makeup artist. And Yana art directed a whole bunch of photos um, via pictures that she sent to me and then I just made them happen. For sure. And we shot the lookbook, Carl gave me the photographs, I sent them to a bunch of different email addresses in the contact section of Hypebeast, Heisnabaiti, whatever. I woke up, um, I made a little story about the Valentine's Day collection, there were two different t-shirts, um, Broken Hearts Club and Kiss Kiss was the other one. And... Um, uh, I woke up one morning and I had like 2,000 new followers on Instagram and it was because Hypebeast's um, woman-focused account, which is called Hype Bay, had posted the picture on the Instagram account of the collection and then they had written an article about it on hypebay.com. And suddenly we had like, I think like 60 t-shirt orders for people who just wanted one t-shirt to be shipped to them or maybe more than one t-shirt in some cases all around the world so it was my actually my second taste of international um uh, appetite for mm. the t-shirts that we were selling amazing um when we closed our me plus one we won a design competition with jeff staple who and and a skills uh, uh a creative learning online platform called Skillshare and he selected us at the as the winner and then that got featured on High Snobiety as well and um, 
when that got featured there, we also got quite a few orders for it. But that was just featured on the High Snobiety mm. blog. When we got featured on the Hype Instagram account, people just w- went directly to shop through their phones and bought the T-shirts online. Amazing. And I think, um, I guess the reason that that one is, is, is um, important is because it was a T-shirt. It was a powerful statement that we made on a graphic tee. It showed me the power of a social or political or any um, agendered inspired um, any message with an agenda on it that hit a note with people that made them give spend money with my brand um, on just a t-shirt a screen mm. printed t-shirt and um, yeah I guess I, I, uh, the reason I think all three of those um, collaborations also um, uh, gave me the confidence to do more and to go forward and to carry on doing this thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there have been many collaborations over the last yeah. seven years, and I'm leaving out the homies here. But, yeah, um, but, they'll understand. But, <laughs> yeah, but also to, like, mm. just quickly touch on the collaboration, the collaboration, um, collaborative uh, mindset of mm. the brand and the brand owners, mm. I guess... Um, we don't really see ourselves as limited to collaborating with artists or mm. de, um, designers or yeah, a, any one specific. Um, I, I, we can collaborate with anyone because it's just people mm. um, saying, yes, I like what you're doing and you like what I'm doing and let's make a piece of work together. And a good example of that recently is how we collaborated with Frankie Fender Meat Merchants on their bacon jam. Mm. We just repackaged the bacon jam and made a T-shirt that was inspired by the bacon jam. Mm. But um, Good 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 has... You can buy bacon jam on my website now and it's a Good 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 branded product. Crazy. So, um, uh, yeah... I think I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah, no, no. You, you, you hit it on. <laughs> you, you hit it on the nail there. Um, on an even lighter note, um, you, your business is you're surrounded by prolific and really powerful matriarchs and women in your life. Um, how has this informed how you see the world and practice um, business and also? Um, is there any message that you have for all of these respective women that play such a key role? There's this joke that says, behind every great man, there's a woman that's rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so please send flowers to the women that are rolling their eyes. <laughs> uh, Paige is rolling her eyes right now. For sure. For I sure. don't know why. Because my phone's on airplane mode. But, um, yeah, of course, my wife, first up, Paige, um, she... Um, um, she brought me into this industry and um, she, you know, the other day I got asked for her job title at the business and the first thing I said was garment technologist and then I s- changed it and I said she's the chief garment technologist at our business because she, we have other garment technologists within our factory but... Um, her and her mom, Jackie, are, uh, yeah, they're, they're um, really brilliant scientists when it comes to making clothes. 
They know their way around sewing machines. They know how to fix sewing machines. They know their way around garments. They know how to repair garments. They know they know how to come up with um, technical solutions to things that are going wrong with garments. And I've learned a lot of that from them. Some of the, some of the things that I know have come just um, through intuition. Um, it's, I sometimes surprise myself at how. Um, creative I can become when there's a, a technical problem with a garment and then I just suggest another way of doing it and then we try it and it works out and I'm like oh fuck I can do this too <laughs> I can do this too yeah but um, yeah they they um, obviously they've the two of them have been extremely instrumental in my career mm. and my life in general and mm. they've been a backbone in my um growth as a professional and as a man in the world and um uh yeah they they i guess not i guess i know that they're a backbone of they hold my backbone together they keep my spine yeah. straight and um and yeah they it's um They've they've been amazing um, support structures and mentors in this industry for me, and um, continue to do so. They continue to be those people for me. So, yeah, flowers to to the two of them. To the two of them yeah. in the same breath, Erin. Yeah, well, actually, once as I was saying that, I was just thinking like I'm actually surrounded by women mm. in the factory too. Mm. And so yeah. before Erin even came around, mm. my um, my on and offline um, quality controller who is kind of moving into the position of um, production manager now, although she's kind of always been that, but mm. we're actually like giving job titles to people mm. in the factory now, which is um, a big new step for us in this new factory. But There's actually... Yeah, there's more women in the factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's two guys in yeah, the factory. It's yeah. me and the cutter, and he's actually just like there on a temporary, temporary basis. basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, Ziad, Ziad's yeah. there as well. And the maintenance um, guy, what's his name? Um, oh, Anton. Anton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, flowers to Anton yeah. too. <laughs> been there since the first day. Crazy. Yeah. Twenty nine <laughs> years he's been wow. in the business. But um, but uh. What was I going to say? Um, Your production manager. Oh, Soraya. She Surya. joined me about a year after I joined the business, after I left my articles full-time. Our lead sample hand, Lillian, she um, joined the business before I um, before I was there. She's been with Paige and Jackie for, I think, 12 years now. And... Um, and the two of them, uh, Lillian and Saraya, they're kind of the leaders of my uh, of my factory. Um, you know, we've moved factory now. I don't know if you yes, know them, from yeah. Maitland to Woodstock. Yeah, but yeah. the the Maitland factory is still there and still okay. going. Yeah, we moved our section out into oh. Woodstock, so Anton is still in Maitland. Okay, okay, um, okay. But shout out to Anton. Shout out to Anton. Tata, Maziko, my son Maziko, him Tata. Wow, what a guy. Yeah, great guy. Um, also. Um, really um, experienced in fixing machinery mm, and mm. Um, and in the industry in general. Mm. Um, hope he comes to work for me one day if my mom ever <laughs> retires, a mom-in-law ever yeah. retires. Um, but I'm not uh, banking on that no, because she, she loves, loves the, the shit. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, so so Lillian and Saray are also kind of mm. matriarchs of my mine and pages production um, facility. Mm. They've um, they con they garment technologists and consultants and MacGyvers. We often call him. Mm. They just MacGyver. They problem solvers yeah, at heart. Yeah. Super talented individuals. 30, 30 to forty years of experience each in in clothing industry. Wow. And um, we're actually trying to get them, we've got a little bit of a plan at the moment to get them to try and mentor the next generation of young people who we're trying to find to, uh, but we've got a few younger people working in our factory now mm. to try and transfer their skills to mm. them so that it doesn't die with them. Definitely. Because um, they're both in their 50s and 60s mm. now. Mm. But um, yeah, shout out to them. They mm. also um, uh, kept me alive and kept the business alive mm. for the last seven years and continued to um, uh, drive us forward. And then all the other women who work on our line, um, our production line, there's, I'll just say their names quickly, but quickly. it's Michelle, Anastasia, Veronica, Sharon, Masnuna, Bridget, Samantha, Ntombi, Carmen, and Donona. Um, and there'll be more to come. And then, of course, my... my um, uh, Right hand, who's now my operations manager of my business, Erin. Your, your work wife. My work wife, exactly. <laughs> she, um, yeah, she's um, uh, just been um, a very positive influence and an amazing sidekick for the last two years. And she's opened up a lot of space for me to do other things in the business and continues to do that for me so that I can move into higher... Um, levels of growth and as a person and as a as a business too and activate new opportunities and um come and do a podcast with Batandua at 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a, on a Wednesday. Wednesday so um yeah um yeah she's she's also an amazing support system in mm. just in one person too and she's um uh, we support each other in many ways, and she—I think she's got a bright future at our business and in our industry. And um, yeah, she she just really knows how to work hard and work smart, mm. and ask lots of questions mm. and own her mistakes mm. and not make the same mistake um, if it's if it's within her control. And um, yeah, so so yeah, I guess surrounded by a lot of amazing women, it's nice. To, it's nice to be um, nice to talk about that. No, yeah. amazing. <laughs> how is how is fatherhood shaped the man you become today? I just drink more. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's joking. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's just made. Um, I know that fatherhood has made um, time a very different um, beast or um, concept for me. Time is really like, um, my, time is just way more precious now that I'm a dad. I've got less time to do all the stuff I used to do before I became a dad. Mm. And I've really got to carve out time to do those things. And I've got to make a lot of arrangements if I want to do the things that I want to do. Um, but at the same time, um, 
one of the things that I want to do is be there for my family and with my children and be as influential as I possibly can in their growth as two young beautiful boys who will become beautiful men one day and so um yeah it's 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 continuously reshaping the person that I am um it's 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 very challenging I'm not going to lie it's a uh, it's a uh, yeah it's an it's an absolute mindfuck <laughs> but and I don't know how billions and billions of people have done it through the course of history but I guess uh, people just do it this is evolution people are horny they want to make children <laughs> <laughs> are you saying you're done uh, i'm finished okay. yeah i don't think so uh, no i'm finished i'm finished bro i want to go for that operation but i need 10 days off in order to get the snap um, <laughs> you want to do what uh, yeah i want to the confidence i want to tie my tubes yeah. you can loosen them again right i, I think you can yeah i think it's yeah, reversible yeah, yeah but yeah. um i don't think it is if a woman does it um, so I'm going to do it. And I think it's also very, I believe it's very um, hectic for a woman to go through that operation, whatever it is. I'm no doctor, so I don't know. But um, uh, what is it going to say? Um, Two beautiful baby yeah, boys. Yeah, they've mm. just um, it's changed my life for the better forever. Mm. And I, um, I really, yeah, and I, I guess like everything that I do now has... Um, my children's interests, uh, every decision I make, they're a part of those decisions. Mm. And, um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's just an, it's, it's, it's an amazing, uh, journey to be on is to be a dad and to have other people who depend on you to live, to eat, to, um, to, to put them to sleep, mm. to help them out of their cot when they're crying at 5.30 in the morning. Mm. Shout out Yoshi every morning for the last <laughs> three months. <laughs> and, um, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, I would highly recommend it. I don't uh, say it's for everyone <laughs> and I'm only two and a half years into wow. it. I also respect people who don't want to have children now that I have children. Now that you have children, you understand the magnitude, yeah. Like, wow, you guys are smart. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think... Um, uh, it's going to be interesting. The, 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 it, makes, it makes life more interesting and more, mm. more whole. And, um, you know, I think that... that like having kids in the house i heard this thing on a on a on a podcast the other day and i agree with it but i heard this guy say that having children in your home is ha is like having each one of them is like a warm fire in a Whoa. in a different a comforting warm fire wow. in in the different parts of the house wow. and when i heard that i i agreed with it and i now look at my children in that way as comforting warm fires yeah that's you know, you want to just go sit and read a book read, by. Mm, mm. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. You make me want to have kids. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do, I do, I do. I do, I do, I do. Back to um, your other babies, Good, 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 um, and Duck, Duck, Goose. But before we get to Duck, Duck, Goose, I, I do want to mention one key moment. Um, you, you also became to known or, or grown 
like we fell in love with the outputs that you've put out through the iconic collaboration between you and Mangu um with the iconic two pieces that you've made the iconic trousers iconic jackets um how did that relationship come to be and what are you most grateful for for that journey because i do know it's come to an end um or is it for yeah, MRP so, so I, i'll talk about okay, that in for sure for now. sure for sure I don't think it's the end, but okay. um, uh, I'll talk about that. Okay, in a for sure, for well. sure. Yeah, so, so, in in the breadth of that, um, how how did that relationship come to be? What have you learned in that journey? And um, moving forward, um, what 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 does good 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 look like? Mm. Not not necessarily without Mangu, but like um, the trajectory that you're going to be on now. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, the way that that relationship started is I bought a jacket in Munich from um that was made out of a waffle type material, material. Mm. and I decided that I wanted to use that type of fabric for a workwear jacket in my first collection which was part of that um runway show where David Brits was one of the collaborators and uh um I was looking everywhere for a fabric that was very similar to this fabric that I bought in Germany uh, or the fabric on the jacket that mm. I bought in Germany and then I I I found like really like bad versions of it at different textile suppliers and I took one of those pieces of fabric to a dye house in Cape Town to dye it to an uh, an olive color and Um while I was there I saw on the table of the lab technician who mixes all the colors her name's Sandra I saw this waffle fabric that was almost exactly the same as the fabric of the jacket from wow. Munich and I was like where is this fabric from mm. she was like no I'm dyeing fabric for mango and I didn't even know what the mango mill was at the time I guess I was wow. a, a relatively a baby in the industry it was mm. my first year of actually working full time in the factory mm. um first year of like sourcing and learning about textiles um every day and she showed me um their brand um uh, their label i went onto their website i contacted them told them what i wanted to do they sold me some blankets in their cobble weave cobble weave blanket which is the round like stone kind of waffle that, yes. that we have small dimples mm. we dyed it black and we dyed it um olive turned it into a workwear jacket and a matching set of trousers and a hat a yamaka short cap i yes, think for yes. that show and we um actually we didn't we didn't turn it into a hat it was a different it was just bull denim matching color hat for the for the looks for the show and then um It was our first time working with a luxurious fabric like that, and um, after that, I guess we did another runway show six months later. And having experimented with Mango's fabric for those two workwear um, uh, outfits that we did out of the jackets, I wanted to explore working with the other fabric. So I ended up buying more fabric from them. Their chenille fabric specifically, which they don't make anymore, they've discontinued it because. Um, they trying to move away from fabrics that cause more harm to the earth than environment, good environment yes, yes and um they 
Yeah, that, that collection we ended up showcasing at a trade show in New York, which we got invited to and showcased that. It was called Capsule. I think it's still going. Uh, we met a Japanese buyer from a store called Edifice at this trade show. He bought 70 pieces from our collection, 70 units, but split over different pieces, and they were all mango-fabricated garments. Mm. Um, and we stocked a store in Japan. That was our first real international stockers. Mm. And, um, yeah, it became, for the last seven years, I've been using their fabric for various collections and they've been supplying me on a case-by-case basis as and when they can. Got you. And um, we've done a collaboration as well where we showcased some dead stock fabric of theirs. We turned them into coats and trousers and we showcased it at a, a gallery at, um, at a wine farm in Stellenbosch called Glen Carlu. It was a textile exhibition in the gallery. Mm. And um, those coats became part of what was then, what would eventually became the home collection, which um, we showcased as part of a digital um, feature at Milan Fashion Week in 2021. Mm. And... Um, yeah, it's been a really like beautiful um, journey to work with them, but at the moment, I think that they're. Um, I know that. I know that Mango are um, struggling with the demand for their product, mm. and um, the direct retail. F- they they actually can't keep up with the demand for their product with their manufacturing Man- okay. facility. Okay. And so, what's happened at the moment is that. They can't supply me because they'd be negatively impacting their um, own revenue and income Mm. by supplying me. And so where we currently stand with them is that um, we, the, the, it's kind of the supply agreement right now as of like the last month is on ice. It's, um, we're taking a break. Mm. Um, They, uh, they've said that they're getting some new machines in 2024, which is a year away, mm. which might increase their production mm. capabilities and capacity. Mm. And that's when they hope to be able to supply me again. But they said that they they, they might be able to supply me on a case-by-case basis this okay. year. Okay, okay. But, and this is the big and, actually. Okay. <laughs> is that... I have been saving all the scraps from every garment that I've made from Mungo's fabric for the last seven years. I've got massive, massive offcuts, bin bags of offcuts. Those wow. big Hessian bags yes, that you yes, see at yes, the market. Yes, 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 yes. They're like one and a half square meters wide each. <laughs> we've got about six of those bags that are just made of various different sizes of pieces of these offcuts mm. from Mungo. And for our next collection, what we intend to do is to design a collection that's made up of all the offcuts that we've been collecting over the last seven years. So hoarding, I call it, mm. um, or people call it. Yeah. But, um, it's, a, it's a daunting task because it's a, it's a lot of work mm. um, and there's a lot of design work that has mm. to, um, and I'm sure a lot of mistakes will be made in this journey, but it's a... It's, I, I guess what we've done in the process is we've actually created our own mango fabric <laughs> the last seven years, so I'm still getting okay. fabric. Uh, but yeah, we, the, the collection will probably be pieces of those. Um, some of them will be like completely made up of mango mm. textiles only, but some of them will be made up of different textiles from other um, uh, 
textile suppliers that mm. we source from, and we'll have elements of mangoes, mm. um, offcuts infused into those garments, whether it's binding and piping on the outs- uh, outer edges of a, of a collar mm. or uh, of a button stand going down mm. or like the, the hems of, it, of a mm. shirt or on flaps of pockets mm. or maybe just like an entire patchwork garment. Mm. Um, that's what our next collection is going to be made up of while we let Mungo just sort their, sort their production yeah, out yeah, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. I can take over their business in 2024. <laughs> 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 but in, in all respects, it's, um, I, I really love their fabric. It's obviously a beautiful um, uh, 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 South African story of, mm. um, inspiring story of South African production mm. and textile design. Um, it's important to me that it's made on the continent and and even better that it's made in the country. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope that we can work again with them when the time is right for Amazing. them. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, man. Flowers to Mango and all the iconic shoots that resides on the Good, Good, Good websites, Instagrams, press, um, even in Milan, um, even in Japan, if you like. <laughs> um, really iconic, staple, South African, true, like, well-considered Cape Town output. I say Cape Town because yeah. you're a Cape Townian brand. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah, 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 We're yeah, a Cape Town yeah, brand. Yeah, for sure, That's for it. sure, for sure. Even though you're a Chelsea boy <laughs> at heart. Sometimes yeah. people forget that you are. Hey? Yeah. You, you've, at least you haven't become the Birkenstock wearing, <laughs> <laughs> bagel eating. We do eat bagels, but on occasion. <laughs> no, I don't eat too many bagels. You've eaten so many bagels. Oh. Have you stopped now? Have you stopped? No. Okay, okay, okay. No. You can't, you can't. When it would be my last bagel? I think I had had one yesterday. (laughs) Doesn't help that the shops next door are bagels. Right? Um, Coming to that shop, Duck Duck Goose, um, such a well um, thought out idea, informed and inspired by um, like so many great places in the world, like the Colettes. I only know this because I've worked for you before, um, which you're going to get into later on in the conversation. Um, Like, tell me about like the idea of creating a home like uh, inner city home for all of us because that's what it's become like um you 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 have this uh pocket of people that get together once a month whether it's uh, uh an event that you're putting together or in the heart of first thursday um if that pavement could speak it would speak for so many iconic dj sets so many iconic people that had met through those parties um that will obviously uh, speak for and account for i don't know later on um (laughs) because i feel like i feel like you what what you have done you've created a space where people that need to meet meet um where we know we guaranteed a good time um it's such a like extensive unsafe what the authorities call it <laughs> but we do know that like you you have now a liquor license so it's <laughs> such a crazy place you house so many iconic south african luxury labels across cape town johannesburg across all corners of south africa and continue to do so um i want to ask what is the responsibility of duck duck goose as a store and um why is it important for you to hone this community that you're so thoroughly passionate about? Or people, yeah. Because I feel like community sounds way broader. Like, I feel like it's, it begins with people. Well, community is people, if you... If you yeah, 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 holistic. Can I get another drink? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm thirsty. <laughs> you can just, yeah, like, yeah. okay, cool, okay, cool. 
Woo. <laughs> the question was just can you can you repeat that to me? Sorry. The Duck Duck Goose has became like an inner city home for us all. Um housing so many I- iconic like parties. I I reiterate like um if that pavement could speak it would speak for so many like iconic DJ sets, iconic people meeting there for the first time, um meeting there in the love of South African luxury because Duck Duck Goose houses so many prolific like South African luxury brands it's a well thought idea that um it's a direct re- representation of what the space is um i mean I, 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 like before i started working for you it felt like a very intimidating space um it wasn't easy for me to just be like hey yeah. you know i remember you said <laughs> yeah 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 and it felt yeah. like a very like into, even though i i identified with so many of like you know those labels that resided in the store um I w- my question essentially is then like what 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 was what is Duck Duck Goose responsibility as a store, and um, why is it important for you, or why was it important for you to take the love of like your household brand, which is good, 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 and place it amongst, um, a place it in a space where it could have its brothers and sisters. I would call them brothers and sisters because yeah. all of these brands are luxury South African labels, you know. So yeah, could cool. you expand on that? Yeah. Yeah. Another nicely phrased question, but (laughs) (laughs) so um, yeah, um, I guess if we go, if we answer the first part of the question, what is the responsibility of the store? Um, There is the first responsibility of the store is to make money, and uh, and and to be a financially stable venture and profitable venture, um, so that it can ultimately pay. All its expenses and um, support uh, my family's my my dreams and hopes for my family. Um, so it's to pay people fairly. It's to um, and it's to that, that's the first responsibility. I think the second responsibility of the store would be to um, uh, w- would be to. I mean, there's many responsibilities. I don't want to say like one, two, three, four, but there's many responsibilities, and I'll just say some of them here. But another one is to um, break the intimidation barrier, which you spoke of, of um, the uh, high fashion spaces that, uh, or luxurious fashion spaces that um, we all know and love to be intimidated by. Um, and I guess like the, the idea behind that is that uh, my philosophy behind it is that it's free to try things on. It's free to walk into a store. It's free to look at things. But, um, and, and people shouldn't feel intimidated to walk into Duck Duck Goose specifically. I'm not going to speak about other fashion stores here. But people should, I don't want people to feel intimidated to walk into our space just because some of the things are out of their budget. And um, the way in which we break that intimidation barrier is in many ways. One of them is by creating a, um, a store brand such as Duck Duck Goose, which is filled with um, humorous elements, whether it's, our, I think our logo is quite a humorous logo. It's got a lot of personality. Um, the, the brief to Khabo Mamacha and uh, Kurs, 
who designed the logo together was to make it approachable, um, which has always kind of been a philosophy for Good 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 and Duck Duck Goose. Um, but then, oh, there's Peter. Um, <laughs> uh, Peter Georgiades is walking past the window here. Normal day, normal day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, and then that's like, uh, but but then obviously with a lot of the artwork that we um, push on our t-shirts and designs and our content, uh, it's always supposed to be fun, approachable. So you've got a 7,000 rand garment in the store, but then you've got a drawing of a duck like that's fallen on its head and you can buy that t-shirt for 800 bucks. Um uh, we've got a mug that's 250 bucks. Um, we've got, you can buy a CBD bar for 40 rand in our store. There's something for 40 rand in my store and there's something for um, 7,000 rand. So everyone can afford something in the store. Um, but, um, so that's another way of just like like having products that that vary in in um, like that that cater to every budget, mm-hmm. uh, and we're still working on that and continue striving to continuously striving to to make that better. But then um, uh, uh, the the people that we employ to work in the store. So the reason that you got a job to work for me at the store was because you're a warm and inviting person, and. Um, a lot of the time we feel that when um, fashion stores that we visited around the world, whether they're boutique, like cult-driven boutique stores or high-end fashion stores, staff are often not so friendly and it was a bit of an intimidating environment. And we, um, I, re- I really don't like that. I want the people who um, represent our business and our brands to be people who can make people feel at home from the moment they walk in through eye contact, a nice greeting, and and um, taking a conversation to a place if the situation allows for it, which is um, what all the people that, are, that, that work in our space are capable of doing. And um, yeah, I think that um, something that makes me proud about our space is when people come into our store They've never been there before. Might be a foreigner or a local. They end up not buying anything, but looking at the product, browsing the product. End up having a conversation with myself or one of my team members, depending who's there. But I can only speak for the times that I've been at the store myself. Correct, correct. And um, they end up um, hanging out for an hour and a half. To the point where we actually have to ask them to just step outside and sit on the bench because some customers are coming in and we need to serve them. Or mm. um, the store's very small, as you as you know, 13 square mm. meters. So it gets a bit too crowded and we're like, okay, mm. okay, dude, like you don't have to leave, but we just got to do our work <laughs> and try and sell something. Um, and... Um, and so, and so, like uh, that's another responsibility of the store is to make people comfortable with the idea that you don't have to spend seven thousand rand in order to hang out at our store. And it goes back to something that I wrote in a recent blog post that I put on the uh, Dr. Goose blog recently, where I said the thing that I that, that I that I 
feel is really amazing about a clothing store is it's a place where you can hang out and share ideas and collaborate and have conversations and you don't have to spend any money. You don't have to buy a coffee. You don't have to buy a sandwich. You can... You shouldn't be using our Wi-Fi, but it's probably, <laughs> it's probably been given out. We're going to have to stop letting people charge their phone at our store as well because all our iPhone cables are breaking. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's come to that point now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, don't worry. There's a funny piece of content coming out, out about it. And... Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, and then, and then, and then, um, another key responsibility of the store, in my opinion, is to showcase a well curated selection of South African fashion and lifestyle brands mm. in one space to um, a local, so South African and um, and global which we, we know we live in a tourist-infested city, and shout out to the tourists because mm. you guys spend money with us. Mm. But um, uh, uh, we, we know that, uh, but, but a local and global, mm. to showcase the brands to a South African and global customer and to, sh and, and to, and, and to hopefully promote, um, be a, a mouthpiece for mm. our brands to reach... Um, greater heights mm. in, uh, in in within our businesses mm. and um, putting all the brands in one space as you say like the brothers and sisters of these brands um, of our brand or I guess we call them uh, our, our um, we, we view we view all the brands in this in duck duck goose as our little ducklings mm. the philosophy of the store and the brands that our customers buy and and choose to interact with or try on mm. are the golden geese of the store. That's the philosophical element of of, of duck duck goose as a as a store. Um, but but the the ducklings in the store, all the little uh, all the different South African brands and designers and products, and putting them all in one space and next to one another. I guess the the responsibility that I believe we have in that regard is to lift each other up through the amazing craftsmanship and um, diversity in the work that each of these brands are doing. And I guess the common denominator that we all share is that we are all South African and we're all mostly making in South Africa as well. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I, I can't I can't describe the feeling of, like of when I first started working with you, um, you guys like holding I and I jeans made by Shukri, holding Makugu pieces, feeling the fabric, the texture, associating it to the highest regard of high fashion globally um what that does to your mind what that does to any kid who walks into duck duck who's to be able to try it on feel it out they might not be in the tax bracket to afford these be these pieces but like to be constantly reminded that okay i can get a a, a gussie flavor cardigan at duck duck who's like I, it's 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 amazing um and i i know that i'm not the only like individual who holds hold that feeling dear to my heart um whether it is that one dali porto t-shirt or it is that um famous like you know good 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 two-piece that is like 
arguably one of the like I, I like it's like it's such an iconic like statement or something that's synonymous to you and the store and what Cape Town its ecosystem like comprise of I can go further with the paint company shades uh like it's 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 amazing man and to be surrounded by so much um beautiful like little ducklings it's just having a laugh <laughs> like you were like saying all these brands and I was like I was like you should start freestyling now bro about the <laughs> Yo, I was about to I was about to I was about to yeah, compromise it into like a, a a young 60 just to contextualize the whole the feeling into a rap you know uh, but that's what it is you know um I just had to like reiter- reiterate it or just put it into like um context there for a moment but it can only grow and become bigger from from year on out and um I also want to say um wh- wh- how would you describe the South African consumer um can, can I just quickly say okay, something for sure. before Okay that, for, before sure, for sure for sure for sure I just remember th- there's a part of your question that I haven't answered but I guess with these events that we've been having at the store um that's another way that we've we've um uh extended the warm inviting nature break, nature mm. of the store to anyone who might be walking on the street really at that mm. particular time and it's not specifically only for first Thursdays events because we've also done other events like exactly um coffee tasting at 8am when we did our collaboration with Cedar Coffee and then Max Bagels um poured the they poured the coffee at Max Bagels but then the product was available to shop at Duck Duck Goose and Duck Duck Goose only opens at 10:00 in the morning but that day it was open at 8am and then um uh we we did um there was another night during art week where last year where friend through the party us yeah saw it. <laughs> hey yo like oh my goodness i i might have almost broken the window that day <laughs> <laughs> you were standing on a cooler box slamming your foot into that cooler box and Jack Black who sponsored the beers for the event asked me the next day what happened to the cooler box. Hot <laughs> um, week is actually coming up yeah. now. So sorry to cut you off. Please yeah. continue. Yeah. So that was a turning point. Last year Hot yeah. week, that party, yeah. that was a turning and point. And it wasn't a first Thursday. It was actually some um naughty stuff that we did there without <laughs> any licenses <laughs> and stuff, but we pulled it off. Yeah. And um uh yeah so so we've done I'm trying to think what other events we've done but we have plans to do other events uh, outside outside of first Thursday smaller launches that are product focused but more chilled in that um, than the usual first Thursday scop if that's what I yeah, can call it it's a kick and um and then um yeah I think I think through that as well through those events we managed to um I guess advertise the store to and and the products in the store to people who m- never would have actually seen us unless there was a party happening outside the store but also the fact that the party is free and that we're not charging for it and you see in in my opinion some of the sit- the countries and the world's best performers um straight out of a window on the side of the road L- best performance and also accompanied by some of like the leaders of industry next yeah. to you yeah don't forget that part yeah, yeah. so um 
Yeah, it's yeah. Been, it's it's um it's I think what that does is it shows people that I guess it without sounding too how do I say it um up my own arse <laughs> I think what it is is it's like we 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 we're gifting people in an experience that um they don't have to pay for. Mm. All you have to do is turn up mm. and you can watch Munei mm. or Lara Lazarus or Man, Lazarus Man, mm. or Queasy, or Pierre Estienne, Franadella, Franadella, Nabia Iqbal, Yo. um me, I mm. DJ those events. <laughs> me, flow six to seven pm. <laughs> I also sing at a lot of those events as wow. well when the track is good and I know I can harmonize. Let's go, Mike. <laughs> Let's go, um, Raven Huntsman um, oh. and Man of Lemon. Raven mm. on the sax and Man of Lemon. That mm. duo was born at Duck Duck Goose. <laughs> Wow. By chance, by coincidence. Wow. Raven's a friend of mine who's a sound engineer and offered to help me at the first duck, few Duck Duck Goose events with just sound engineering and making sure everything was set up nicely. And Lonwabo approached me to ask me if he could play a set at the store. He was playing some really soulful house music and Raven had his saxophone there and decided to jump on. Amazing. And... Um, yeah, they're a thing now. I don't know like how much of a thing it is, but uh, they have been booked once or twice outside of mm, Duck And um They're a thing now. I only once mentioned how many relationships also got birthed on that pavement. Yeah, I have so no many, idea about so that. So many people are a thing now because of those I parties. Have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. I mean yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. it goes. Yeah. So um <laughs> Yeah, I guess through those events we've also um extended this gift of free experiences to um people at um on the street mm. and sh- yeah i guess like shout out to everyone who's turned up and has like literally partied hard <laughs> on that corner <laughs> and um yeah um it'll be interesting to see where we go with that whole thing mm. it's got to like at some time, at some point in time, maybe like really like formalize itself and legalize mm. itself, and and maybe like the the it needs to like the party needs to maybe like move somewhere after a certain amount mm. of time onto a, ve- a more controlled environment. Mm. Or the street needs to be closed off. Mm. Um, we've got ideas, and we're talking to people about it. Um, but for now, it's it's, it is what it is, and, and I'm and and it, and it was the initial vision when we built the store. That's exactly what we envisioned. Mm. Um, we didn't envision it to get as rowdy and out of control as it is, but but the idea was always to project uh, beautiful sounds and sonic experiences through the latch window onto the street. Mm. And um, I guess like going back, I'm sorry, I'm just like tangenting hard here, but but it's on topic, but. Going back to my first brand before Good 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 and Good 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 itself and the collaborative um, like philosophy and mindset of myself as a business owner and the brand in general, um, all of these people who have um, performed and played at the store, it's been a straight-up collaboration between the store and them and me and them and mm. some of my um, people and them. And um, a lot of it like has been done on the basis of favors and exchanges and um and it's because we all uh, it's the same philosophy as like the brands in the store that are pulling uh, like building elevating one another mm. me and the um 
performers who come to our store we're like the store elevates in my opinion at the moment i think it's a thing to play at duck duck goose now mm. i don't like I, I only i only can say this because i'm getting hit up quite a mm. lot by by people who i look up to wow. in the music industry wow. to ask if they can play at the store wow. so um now i can see that there's an appetite from top um south african and even international performers to play wow. at the store and um and and that's because me and my friends wanted to lift each other up to do great things things yeah and now the store is doing greater things because of that so so yeah sorry you had it the, the you you were you were saying no. something about something no no I, I remember i remember the question that i wanted to ask but like thank you for like tying it in such a poetic way um i was gonna say like how do you describe the south african consumer um wow. yeah yeah i think i mean my experience of the south african um consumer or customer for within my industry in within your industry yeah, is yeah. that is that um um I guess the the thing that that makes um the the thing that's obvious is that there's not as much disposable income for for luxury goods in South Africa as there is in first world first world countries but then um but then at the same time um South African consumers are very supportive of the South African brands and i think that i don't know i think the consumer for our for our um industry and niche in the industry is certainly growing but it's still very small which is the the luxury pocket yeah well, i would even say for I for like um south african niche streetwear brands if you if you even if you extend it to brands that maybe are not considered luxury brands mm. but they're established streetwear brands in South Africa that are not as at much of a high price point as ours that market is still relatively small i think um if you compare it to south africans who are shopping at department stores mm. and 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 like decade decade old clothing stores mm. like whichever ones you may be i don't need to name them but um there's a there's a huge market for that whether it's okay I will name them but it's pip or mr price or whatever mm. pick and pay clothing cotton on mm. h&m now we move into zara and like more brands as well but then if we think about um if i think about south african consumer within the niche um contemporary clothing industry you could maybe call it streetwear i suppose as well um it's growing um people are starting to save up for it i think the people are definitely appreciating it a lot more they're talking about it a lot more it's inspiring to see many young people starting their own brands i th I, i really love to see that um i completely disagree with the concept of we don't need more brands um 
I think the more people that are doing stuff in the industry, the better for everyone. It just grows the industry. Uh, environmental activists would disagree with me, but um, I disagree with them because any type of business is, uh, um, that is for profit is environmentally uns um, uh, uh, is environmentally unfriendly, and so um, the. It's, I'm, I get excited when I see young kids um, starting their own brands because I was once that young kid who started two brands and I guess a third brand if you consider the store. And um, it, 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 you know, it's, it's a sign of someone starting something and doing something that they, that they feel is worth flowering and putting their time and money into and energy and um, that in itself is inspiring, just to see people starting stuff. Mm. Um, and um, what is I going to say? To answer the question, I guess like the South African consumer, we, we get a lot of support from South African consumers at the store through uh, who purchase our um, T-shirts, because I think that's the most it is the most affordable product in, in our um, store and brand. And... Um, We've always, we want to keep it there. We want to try and keep the T-shirt as affordable as it possibly can so that people can feel what it's like to wear a world-class T-shirt on their back that was made in South Africa and to feel a part of our brand. Um, and so I think the local... Cons the fact that, that you're seeing brands... Um, surviving in this in this country and growing and um, not folding and going out of business means that the 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 South African consumer and 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 the international consumer as well is supporting them enough to keep them alive and to keep the South African garment and textile industry going um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I think I don't really have, I don't have a lot of opinions on the South African consumer. I think that um, the one thing that I do um, want is that I do acknowledge about the South African consumer is they need to be educated quite often about mm. why the product costs what it is, that where what the journey of the entire product is from seed to sowing to retail actually is to actually understand the full um, why it costs what it costs and um, and and we are planning to do a bit more storytelling around that this year um, because we've got a good story as a brand and as a business so, uh, so so I think the South African consumer needs quite a bit because South African people will spend who have disposable income will spend their money on a lot of things and sometimes clothing is the afterthought and they're like I'll just go buy a 79 rand t-shirt at Cotton On or mm. H&M or two for 400 at mm. this place and um, I've noticed in a lot of conversations that I have with people around the city is that they're starting to uh, want to buy my six or seven hundred rand blank t-shirt from the store mm. my basic but they 
they're asking me why they must buy the six or seven hundred rand t-shirt and they also want to know how to care for that t-shirt so that it lasts them and that's another thing we're going to be doing is as part of this content is educating people on how to care for your garment as best as possible and in a way that is maybe um as environmentally friendly as possible too um so yeah we I don't know. I hope I kind of answer on your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I guess, like what's left to ask now um, is then, like, um, what does what does Daniel have to say to his younger self? Um, sure. Um, I guess. Um, yeah, like just to come onto the scene and speak to my younger self as a, I'll be 36 next month, but as a 30, I'll call myself a 36 year old, <laughs> as a 36 year old man coming to talk to a 22 year old um, Daniel who was just starting out in the industry is that you, um, you can do it. Like stop doubting yourself. And, um, and, You'll you'll find a place in this industry, and um, uh, all your ideas and um, dreams and fears and doubts are all credible and um, are, are going to help you get to the place that you need to be. And just keep going, keep persisting. Um, you know, I've heard this thing many times in. Um, Different. I've read it many times. I've, I've I've heard it said many times by people who have achieved things um, in their professional or other, I guess, personal um, careers. Is that like people? Often, it's not really. It's not always the most talented people that end up making it. And I put inverted commas when I say that because making it is just subjective, I suppose. But I guess like like um, achieving stability uh financial stability in an industry um it's often the most persistent people the people who keep going and even after like one failure they just put out more work and keep going and if i look back at the last yeah i guess i, I started making clothes when i was 22 i think so so it's 14 years ago but um that's been a constant thread in in my career is that I've just kept going even when I felt like I wanted to give up and to fold. I just did like one more thing, one more thing. And that one more thing um, is the thing that was worth doing because that was what, I guess, got, like, got people to start buying again. And... Um, yeah, the the ro uh, another thing that I would say to my younger self is that the road is rocky. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot of punctures on the way. <laughs> there are gonna be more punctures along the way, mm. and um, you're gonna be lots of late nights, mm. lots of sleepless nights, mm. um, and and uh, yeah, I guess like like being a um, entrepreneur and running your own thing and life in general is just. Um, it's 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 a challenge. Mm. It's a it's a game, mm. and uh, 
yeah, like keep keep um, keep good people around you. Don't forget about your loved ones. I'm just talking to my younger self here. Yeah. I'm not telling people what to do. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, to myself. Yeah, I just yeah. hope I'm not giving out <laughs> advice here. I'm talking to myself. I'm answering the question. Great, great. Um, yeah. yeah um, look after your loved ones. Um, remember to show them how much you appreciate them and make time for them as well. And make time for yourself um, in this journey. Daniel, not listeners. <laughs> I want to ask uh, another question. I want to ask, has... Has being a CEO ever, like, has as as the flaws of being a CEO ever affected you as a creative? So you mean like the 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 CEO of my business? You you yeah. Has you as a CEO, you as a CEO, ever affected like the flaws of you being a CEO ever affected you as a creator? Um, definitely. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Like it often. Um, yeah. In order to create, I have to um, have taken care of as much as of the business administration as possible. And um, in order to have a creative idea or in order to, I don't like my creative process. I don't, I don't even think I really know what it is. Um, I design, I've said this in an interview somewhere before, but I design when I can. And that's because I've got so much other sh shit going on that I don't really carve out time and be like, okay, now I'm going to design clothes or think about the collection. A lot of my designing happens in the factory with fabric, thinking about how to cut things and uh, like laying it down, putting my patterns on top of different um uh, textiles and seeing okay that's where I want to cut this garment that's where I want this pocket to land that's where I want this collar to be um, and it happens sometimes just because <laughs> the runway show is coming up and we've we've got a we've we've got a deadline and we've got a date and I'm like okay cut that's it that's the garment and if it doesn't work out then we'll recut if we can if we can but we try and do it once so that we don't spend too much money but um, uh, yeah, I think like definitely the, like quite often um, being the, as you say, CEO of the business, um, it can definitely weigh down quite hard on um, the creative spirit and creative um, soul, I suppose. And um, when times are tough and we've got bills to pay and <laughs> it's month end and you also got to release stuff, sometimes I don't really feel inspired to make... Um, I guess stuff that I need to hit a soulful note with consumers mm. and with viewers of my product mm. and so it's a constant balancing act mm. um, and I, th I think I'm, I think with experience I'm getting better at it every year um, and I guess like having important importantly to me now is the um, is the value of having a really good team around me mm. and um, um, and I'm trying my best to find the right people and that's why you see me like hustling on Instagram <laughs> just like advertising to people like what you'll have to do to, yeah. to, to, to be part of my team because I do all of those things that you see I'm not just doing it for show like sure. that's my job Correct. it's Correct. part of my job yeah 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 
rolling up the shutter, yeah, yeah, yeah. putting the press uh, studs into jackets. Like every jacket that is made from good, 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 for good, 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 the stud buttons, I put them in. There's no one else in the factory that knows how to do them like me. And I recently just said to Ziad, who's our visual communication lead at the business now i said to him come and look how to do these buttons and watch me because i need someone else just to know how to if i get hit by a bus tomorrow someone needs my to children do need to mm. be supported <laughs> and you need to be able to put they we need to sell jackets and you must put the stud buttons <laughs> in this jacket yeah, yeah so um but it's not a simple job and it requires a lot of practice um and many other things in the business require that too and so yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm noticing that the value of having a really strong team around me that can take a lot of tasks off my hands that I don't necessarily need to be doing anymore can free up my time in order to be more creative, which is a key element of, a key ingredient of our brand's journey. And it's a key ingredient of our, uh, for our brand to be successful, our brands or our business or our factory or whatever it is. I have to think, um, I have to have space to think creatively. And it is, when I say that, I mean like not dedicating time to just sit down and think, oh, let me think, have a creative thought right now. Creative, <laughs> creative, creativity for me happens when I'm just, um, when, when my mind is at ease and I could just be walking from one side of the factory to another, and if my mind is at ease, then the creative thought can come into my mind, and I can go back to my desk and quickly write it down before I forget it, wow. or I can tell someone about it, or I can send a WhatsApp to a friend and be like, let's do that. Let's do that thing right now. We've got to do that. I, I've, I've realized what we need to do. Mm. But it can only happen if, I'd, if my mind is not full of worries. Not to say I don't have worries, but if it's full of less worries. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. Well, damn, thank you so much for that, my brother. Um, yeah, I think we've, we've, we've covered everything. Um, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your hectic schedule to come sit down with me, drink a beer, and just like speak about like how far the journey has come. Um, I think we as um, lovers of your work wish you 100 and plus. Um, I hope that the journey's next chapter is cup overflow. I hope that you make decisions that are very like centered with intuition and um yes like let loose on the dictatorship a bit of like <laughs> sometimes just i don't know well I, 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 I won't speak on your leadership style because that's something you've uh that's what's brought you success up to this point and uh, there's value there um but um yeah flowers to everyone that makes up the business flowers to all the memories that we all share together and the memories we are yet to create um and if there's anything else you wanted to say or mention or be thankful for this is the moment oh. Yeah. Pressure. 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 Uh, uh, no, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if I have, I think I've said all I needed to say, but I think that, uh, thank you for that beautiful way of closing this out. Thanks for the interview. It's nice to just come in. Chat. Chat. Yeah. With my friend. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I guess to like, just like pause and reflect on where I've been, what got me to this position, what the, it wasn't too much talk of the future, but, but I think like it's nice to just like, I'm always thinking about the future in any case. And um, 
because we got it planned. <laughs> yeah, got yeah, it planned. yeah. And so um, to like cement um, some of the ideas and experiences that I've had in this industry just through like a nice, the like a really nicely phrased conversation and um, good questions that you asked. I think it's a it's a very powerful for me. This was a very powerful experience, and um, I don't know. I guess what what I would like to maybe close us close out with is that I just hope that people maybe learn something from from um, things that were discussed between us today. Um, and if you feel inspired by this conversation, send me your CV. No, <laughs> this is here we go. I'm advertising. <laughs> Business Dan <laughs> is kicking in. Send me your CV. Wait, I've actually got to film this so that when the podcast comes out, so yeah. Like, but um, uh, here we go. If um, if you feel inspired by this conversation and you want to work really hard and you can stay organized. Um, send me your CV. Let's meet up for a coffee, and let's hear why you want to work for our company and how you want to grow within this industry. Because I need a strong team around me to survive. <laughs> <laughs> so you can know how to roll roll up the shots if XCOM <laughs> comes the best of us. Um, but yeah, my brother. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure you're gonna get you're gonna get the suited individual. It's not the easiest of tasks. Yeah. No, and I think. Yeah. Um, sorry to. No, no, you Talk go. Talk more at the, you at go. the end of this. You go, you go. This is, uh, this is the last microphone that I'm going to get to speak in for a while. Go for it. next first Thursday. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that finding the right individual for my specific business is, um, for the different needs of the business is quite hard. I found it to be quite hard. We brought a lot of different people in. They've all been lovely people, but maybe they just weren't, it wasn't the right time or maybe they weren't suited for um, that specific industry or role. Um, I think you're a good example of that. <laughs> I think that, not to say, um, uh, I think we just realized at some point in time that your future was in documenting and filming and, and that's where your true passion lies. And um, it's what we said when, when we mutually agreed to hug and kiss and part ways but um, I think like when I think about the the South African um, clothing industry and a job within the factory or within the store mm. it does require a very specific kind of person and that's why I'm super stoked at the moment about the people who have recently joined me because um, they're all very um, I think they're really entrenched and interested in the work that we do to the point that they're a bit geeky about it. And that's the kind of person that I need working for me in certain positions. Some of my um, roles, actually, you can like develop a passion for. So like the admin role in the factory, you don't have to be passionate about clothing um, to assist us there, but you can become passionate about clothing through doing that. Um, but I think like the people who are working for me now, like Ziad, Joskin, Riley, Erin, um, all of them have some type of history, and they've got a they've got a um, they've got a actual output or portfolio of work that they can show that has contributed to the conversation of 
clothing industry in South Africa or the design industry in South Africa. And um, they're all relatively young, and I think they all have very bright futures. But I think like finding them has taken two years um, since I opened the store, because that's when I've started needing more staff and like moving into my own factory as well. Erin as well, I don't mean to leave her out too, but um, it's been it's been a lot of like... It's Trial and error. Yeah, yeah. And um, shout out to everyone who has passed through the company and been part of our space. Thank you. Like, I'd like flowers to those people who have um, uh, given us their time and dedication and in, have been interested in working for our business. And I, I believe that all of them are going to or will uh, or are currently doing really good things with their careers at the moment. You are a good example of that. <laughs> and um, me and Aaron often say this. We, we often say that Batandua was the one that got away but went to do the thing that he needed to do. Mm. Um, and uh, and um, it's nice to see that, like, I guess, like, this, <laughs> the store, or it's, this is just life in general, I think, but, like, it's not the store, only the case with the store, but that, but in this case, like the store was a stepping stone for you to figure out what you really needed to do. And very true. And yeah. um and now you're doing the thing that you really need to do. I mean you're on planes and uh you you're you're travelling <laughs> Africa, bro. I'm like, nah, this guy you got a better deal than me. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But soon 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 um you're gonna be on those international planes. Yeah. Right? Look, yeah, I do From country. straight from your mouth into God's ears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, I know. Oh thank you so much, my brother. Um yeah please continue putting on kids in the store, um, whether it's store manager position or taking on their uh, outputs and housing it in your like luxury sort of like um, curation. Um, I find it really, I find that your, your, your deal that you've got in life as very important, you know, you're an incubator of dreams, you know, um, that's what the store is. That's what you are. And, um, we will continue seeing it through the parties, the memories, the clothes itself, the countless prolific like publications and news features and just like overall documentation of history. Find that um, we off to, I think the, te- the, the interesting 10 years started in 2020. We currently in the inter- interesting 10 years for Cape Town, for South Africa. Mm. Um, and it's a really exciting time to be alive. I'm just thankful here that I can play a responsibility in shining a light on individuals like yourselves um, that really, I don't know, you had no business in being in clothes. You were uh, <laughs> charted the counted. And um, that's divinity. That's God sense. That's a calling <laughs> that's what you put your head when you put your head against the pillow that's that honesty to yourself and thank you for following that honesty uh, you know yeah 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 that's thank flowers for, thank that's you flowers for saying that where the flowers <laughs> <laughs> i was actually i was actually thinking about it I, she, daniel is probably gonna think of me like i know i was very subconscious about getting flowers but i do owe you flowers but you should start giving your guests flowers <laughs> i should that's the that's the real thing that's the real when thing we, when when we take the photo we get a uh, 
Out of the flower Bunch moment. Of please, not please. Far, it's not far away. Yeah, it's just, yeah, flowers. in Adley. Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning, but now that you said, because we're still going to shoot. Yeah. Come, Lemkus must put it in the budget. Rich. So, hey, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Rich knows. He knows uh, I'm good for that. Um, but thank you, my brother. And cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure.